You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different with author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. I'll be your host for the hour. And quite an hour it will be, too. In addition to the mailbag segment where I talk to Dave Weishattel, my producer, about questions from listeners, we have two very interesting guests. The first is Gene Hull, who is the author of the book Poker Knows, a double entendre, and a very interesting book. We're going to talk to him about that, about poker philosophy, and about his company, Poker Hoodie. And then we're going to talk to a great poker player who's also a poker coach named Todd Sharkslayer Bryfogle. We're going to talk to him from the Borgata, where he's been playing in a major tournament. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. This stuff is amazing. The first day that I gave Sweet Pea and Daisy the Dynavite for cats, I did add a little bit of the liquor chops, and they absolutely loved it. All the vitamins, the minerals, you know, they also enjoyed the num-nums, <laughs> the nub-nubs or whatever they're called, the treats that also came along with it. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. They're just running through the house. They're playing. My Sweet Pea will walk in front of me. She'll stop where she's at, drop and roll onto her back and then expect me to rub her belly. Just like a kitten, Daisy and Sufi have a cat tree in my living room and lately she's been climbing up to the top, jumping up there and then she'll climb back down and then she's right back up again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish they would make a product for us humans to give us the same amount of energy and bunk that Dynavite for cats are given for my, my cats. The phone number is 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. dot com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. 
play against the pros, or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those Welcome Week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up to make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. You're listening to the House of Cards. The way I see it, poker's like some kind of cosmic metaphor. It's like even though the cards fall in a random order that you can't possibly predict, you can still beat them. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. You know, I read a lot of poker books, and uh, I'm always interested in having poker authors on to talk about their books. Most of the time, they're kind of technical discussions, but every once in a while, you get an author on who is more of a philosopher than a poker uh, theorist, and I think that's the case here. We are here with Gene Hull. Gene, are you there? I'm here, Ashley. How are you today? I'm I'm doing very, very well, and it's a kind of a nice coincidence that our producer, uh, Doug Weishattle, set this up because I only found out after he set it up that you and I actually shared a couple of experiences in Las Vegas uh, where we were at the Wednesday Poker Discussion Group. Absolutely. That's uh, been something I've participated in quite a bit for the last several years, and it's a big part about what's contributed to my writing, studying the game, and uh, been a big part. Linda Johnson and Jan Fisher have been a big part of that, and uh, it's been a blessing to be a part of that group. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been going almost weekly for two and a half years. I went about four years ago when I first got out to, uh, after I got to, to Las Vegas and went a few times. And but I was playing a lot then, and then when I started my other business in the poker industry, I started going to the meetings a lot. They were close to my home, and I probably go forty-five out of fifty-two times a year. I really like it. Yeah, well, I love it, and I'm so glad that Linda organized it. I've been actually going since the days when they had it over at the Gold Coast. For those of you that don't, wow. know, if anybody's listening to this show that goes to Las Vegas, you should be sure to try to check out. The Wednesday Poker Discussion Group, it's a bunch of very smart and eager poker amateurs. There are a few professionals there. I think Roy Cook goes there, Linda Johnson, of course, Jan Fisher. But most of the people are enthusiastic, smart amateurs who talk about poker. They meet over at Ricardo's restaurant, and I think it's, what, 3 o'clock? The meeting started at 3, but a lot of people get there around 2.15 and have lunch and a little social hour. And uh, it's a lot about uh, poker and learning poker, but it's also about getting together and enjoying each other's company while we learn about the game. There you go. And there they have guest speakers who are often uh, famous poker authors like Gene and like myself. And uh, sometimes Linda talks about her oh, yeah. poker. It's just great. We've anyway, had, 
I don't want to waste a lot of time on that, but I did want to mention it to our listeners. So sure. tell our listeners how it is you came to write Poker Knows, which is the name of your book, Poker, K-N-O-W-S. Yeah, it's kind of a play on words. It uh, has a lot of meanings for a lot of different people. Um, I started a, the life of entrepreneurship maybe 20 years ago, and uh, it was in about 2004 when I took an interest in poker, and I think being an entrepreneur helped me study the game on my own. And uh, what I've always found is I like figuring things out on my own. I'm an explorer. For me, it's just more fun to go figure things out than to have somebody tell me how to do it. I do both. Um, but what really inspired me to write the book was just the love of writing and the love of sharing information. And uh, a lot of it was the writing I did for the Wednesday Poker Discussion Group, uh, just in our email blogs. And after a year of writing 50,000 words of blogs, I decided I should write a book. And so I did. Well, your book is, uh, this may not sound like high praise, but it is. It's oddly literary. There are all sorts of puns, a double entendres, a philosophical kind of uh, points that you make. Describe If you can capture for us some of that uh, and tell our listeners a little bit sure. about your wordplay. Sure. Um, I, as, you like, as you said, I, like, I do write poetry. There are several poems in the book. And um, the book is, in a lot of ways, it's not about poker. It's about learning how to win. It's about understanding yourself what's involved with that, um, and there's a lot of things kind of in the book that are undercurrents, and I'm really talking about those things through the game of poker. I think poker really describes a lot of things that we relate to in life. You know, in poker, we're making all these subjective observations, but we're trying to make very precise calculations, and, and life is the same. Um, there's a lot of transfer that goes over from quantum mechanics and a lot of philosophy, and it's probably too much to get into over the uh, the radio right now, but the book goes into that. Um, Transfer from I'm, quantum mechanics. That almost sounds scary. Sure. What do you mean? Um, well, there's a lot of things that, that quantum mechanics describes and how you measure things. And ultimately, quantum mechanics turns into the science of the unmeasurable. And that's essentially what's happening in poker. Um, one of the things I describe in the book is an idea of what I call complementary values and that there's, there's actually no way to measure the value of your hand in one particular situation until you can measure all of the possibilities that can happen in every possible combination, and you can't do that. Um, and a lot of that is what transfers over in quantum mechanics, because literally when you look at something, it's different by the time the information comes to you. And poker works the same. There's a lot of things that everybody else is looking at, and the person or the pro who studied a lot is picking up on a lot of the information that's in between what everyone else is looking at. And I call that the stretchy zone. It's kind of like what's in between the frames on the film. Um, and the more you study and, and spend time being quiet with yourself, the more you become aware of this information that's not available to the folks that are running around looking for it. It kind of presents itself to you as opposed to letting itself be found. Okay, fair enough. We'll be right back. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. 
The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Theater 5 presents A House of Cards. But are we cool? Not really. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. For those that weren't paying attention at first or who just tuned in, we are talking with Gene Hull, who is, among other things, the author of Poker Knows. Uh, you also have a company. I think not also. You principally have a company, and you make uh, covers for poker tables, right? Poker hoodie yeah. or something like that? The, the name of the company is Poker Hoodie, and I make a conforming neoprene table cover that converts a home table into a dining room, into a poker table. And the main reason I started that was I, I realized quickly I didn't want to play poker 40 hours a week um, to keep it fun. So I started a business. Now I play poker, you know, five or ten hours a week at the most, write books and run the business. And now poker's fun all the time because I'm not grinding 40 hours a week. I think anything you do 40 hours a week, for most people, I think, becomes less fun, I think. Oh, I have to disagree with you there. I think poker would yeah. be less fun. I think there are some things that should be hobbies, at least in my life, but there are some passions that I have that I gladly do more than 40 hours a week. I'm a union organizer, and uh, okay. I've been doing that for over 30 years. I think that it's good to have a passion in life from which you can make your living if you find it. Uh, then you can – I mean, I have a friend who's an architect. She can be doing architectural work 60 hours a week. I have a daughter right. who's a behavioral therapist. She loves it. She can do that more right. than 40 hours a week. But I don't think poker lends itself to that, although I suppose there are some people Agreed. that are passionate yeah. about it. You say you play 5 to 10 hours a week. Where do you play? I, play, I live in Las Vegas, so my choices are almost limitless. Uh, I'm, I'm strictly a cash game player. Occasionally I'll do a tournament for fun. I like all the main casinos, like the Aria, the Bellagio, the Wynn, a lot of the stations casinos. Um, I really try and strive for picking a place that's got good games, because game selection is probably the most important thing to winning at poker. But I like to find a nice environment so it's pleasant. If I'm going to spend five or six hours there, I want it to be clean, have good you know, servers and food and things like that. So it's a combination of things. Well, it's interesting to me that you mentioned the big poker rooms. You didn't mention the... Uh, the Venetian, I imagine that's also on your list. But Absolutely. The Venetian, all the big ones. Uh, there's there's almost, I think we have, I don't know how many poker rooms we have in Vegas. 40, 50, 60? I know it changes every you year. Have 38. You have 38 okay. poker rooms as of last count. Um, 
But what's interesting to me is you picked the rooms that the best players play in. The Wynn, uh, the Bellagio, and the uh, the Venetian, Agreed. and I and the Aria. That's where all the pros go. I would think you would want to be at the place with the worst players, like the Mirage or the MGM or Treasure Island or the Monte Carlo or Mandalay Bay or the Luxor. I, I would agree with you. If money, if the, my only reason for playing was winning money, I would probably play most of those places. But I'm, I'm, I think I'm a rarity where I, I don't play for money. I just play for the fun of it. Um, and uh, kind of back to the thing about the 40 hours a week, what I do really like doing more than 40 hours a week is studying the game, teaching the game, coaching other students. So I agree entirely with what you said. Is If you have a passion for something, time's really not an issue. You just do it, and you don't really keep track of how long it takes. So how do you do your coaching? Um, well, my first uh, session is usually finding out about the person. I do a lot of listening, find out uh, how they want to learn, what their goals are, and then I try and match you know, the teaching to, to what their needs are and what their, their desires are. Um, the first thing I'd really try and do after I've assessed their skill is break the game down into components because um, it, it's too hard to teach the entire game. And, you know, we start out with pot odds, we move up the scale – working all the way up to some of the more uncomfortable things like bluffing. And then when you get into some of the more advanced, you know, things such as, you know, equity flow and how things like that move. Um, but mostly I try to keep it fun. Um, I want to make sure the student knows they, that they're good at what they're doing already, and we can identify what they're good at now. Um, some people are good at math. Some folks are good at aggression. They just have a natural instinct for it. And so I try to identify those things that are good and point out the things that they need to do work on, and I always give homework. You'll get more homework from me than we spend time doing work in a session. Do you do this in person? Do you do it on the phone? Do you do it on the Internet? How physically do you uh, relate to your students? Yeah, I'm available to coach over the phone, over the Internet with Skype, uh, but I prefer to do most of my coaching live. And I've also set up coaching where if a a small group of people come into town for the weekend and they want to have a coach for an afternoon, I can come down to to the casinos and spend time with them that way. I see. I understand also that you had played in a home game. Do you want to tell us about your home game experience? Yeah. Uh, you know, the home game is, is uh, I've started playing when my dad introduced me to poker when I was about 11. And probably for 20-some-odd years, it was just kind of a hobby that we did. And then a home game started up. And um, that was really where the game began got serious for me. I was studying it. It was around 2003 when WSOP and the Moneymaker Effect took over. Um, so the home game is fun. And because it was fun, I kept playing, and I got an interest in, in, in poker and studied more. Um, I, I would like, you know, on that regard, to, to, to pass along a memoriam. My, one of my best friends, Tim Myers, was a group in that poker game, and he recently passed away over the weekend uh, of a heart attack uh, paddling the rivers of western Maryland. Uh, he was in a great place, and I really want to just put it out there and thank Tim for everything he did home. The home game was a big part of my life and a big part of, I think, anybody that's moved to play professionally. They all have great stories about their friends from the home game. So you played in Western Maryland, is that what you said? Uh, in Maryland and Virginia was where I really got started. And um, I guess what I did is I came out for four weeks for two summers in a row to test my skills and see how I did, and I did fine. And then I packed my bags and moved to Vegas. Wow. Did you find, uh, did you find Gene, that any particular books helped you become good enough to consider yourself a profitable player and a teacher? Any books that moved you along? 
Um, probably the first book I read that really caught my eye was Galansky's book, Theory of Poker. Once I read that, I realized that there was a way to look at the game analytically and, and almost instantaneously squeeze money out of it from the mistakes other players are making because they didn't read that book. Um, so I would say that probably had the most influence um, and but after that, it was mostly just trial and error playing. I've read fifty or sixty books, but I've learned the most from just going out and trying things and getting it wrong until I get it right. I gotcha. Uh, so people want to get a hold of your book, Gene. What's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way it's available on Amazon, uh, on Kindle, digital, or paperback, and you can also go to my website at www.pokernose.com. Very good. Um, do you ever travel out of state? I do. Uh, I travel all around the country, um, not so much for poker, more for adventure trips, whether it's skiing or kayaking and things like that. I spend a lot of time trying to enjoy the outdoors. Well, I, I love to travel as well, but I always make sure to find a poker game wherever I go. Um, they're all over the place. You ever come out east? I do. I'll, I'll be out there tomorrow for my friend's memorial service, and I'll probably be playing at the Horseshoe in Baltimore or Maryland Live which are awesome. As far as game selection, I've almost moved back to Maryland just because of the games at those casinos. They're ridiculously good. Yeah, Maryland Live is great, and the Horseshoe is great. The only problem with the Horseshoe is that they rake $6, which I don't like, and Maryland Live only rakes 5 And, of course, in Las Vegas, all the non-Hara rooms rake only 4 Um, Right. Well, if you're ever up in the Northeast, if you're ever up in New England, I would love to meet you and uh, introduce you to my home game. That'd be great. All right, Gene. Okay. Very good. Take care. Listeners, we're going to be back after a quick break. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a -a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOCRADIO when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. 
That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOCRADIO. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of August 3rd, 2015. Poker pro Phil Ivey is countersuing the Borgata Casino in Atlantic City. Last year, the Borgata sued Ivey, claiming he wrongfully took advantage of defects in playing cards, which allowed him to win $9.6 million in a Baccarat game. Ivy alleges that the Borgata intentionally destroyed the cards at issue, preventing him from showing that there was a lack of a defect. 
Some scary moments on the Las Vegas Strip last weekend. The poolside at the Cosmopolitan Hotel and Casino burst into flames. High winds and the fake palm trees fueled the fire, sending plumes of black smoke into the sky. No one was killed, but two people were treated for smoke inhalation. Investigators are trying to determine the cause of the fire, which had 100 fire personnel at the scene. And finally, a man is suing the owners of the Maryland Live Casino for a roulette injury. Leander Stocks is alleging that a casino employee was operating the roulette wheel negligently, causing the ball to fly out and hit him just above the left eye. A casino employee then allegedly placed drops in Stocks' eye, causing him to be disoriented, fall on the floor, and get a concussion. I'll tell you, those damn roulette games are going to kill somebody one of these days. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards. The weather is getting nicer, so grab your tablet or your cell phone and bring nj.partypoker.com with you. Why would you want to go to Atlantic City or Pennsylvania, pay for gas, pay for parking, fight the crowds, when you can play the same games at home or wherever you are? If you're 21 and in New Jersey, go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up using the promo code HOC. Start playing and start winning some cash. It's that easy. Go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up today with promo code HOC. You're listening to the House of Cards. It wasn't just a friendly home game, huh? Poker's no longer a hobby, it's a profession. As far as these kids are concerned, desk jobs are for suckers. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And uh, those of you that have listened to this show for a while know that we like to have experts in poker, people that play, people that are coaches. Today is no exception. We have Todd Sharkslayer Breifogel. He's a professional poker player and a poker coach from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's not in Minneapolis right now. We are talking to him on the phone, and he is at the Borgata. So, Todd, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you. I'd like to hear about your coaching and your poker play, but could you start by just giving us a summary of how you did down at the Borgata tournament? Uh, well, I uh, made it through day 1A. Actually was the uh, chip leader after dinner break with about 160000 Came back from dinner break and got moved to a new table, which is always you know different dynamics when you get moved. And the first table I was at really didn't have any, you know, top-level pros and kind of had my way with, with that table. But when I came back from dinner, there was, you know, some pretty good players at the new table. And, um, you know, normally I try to be pretty pretty tight um, when I get moved to the new table just to kind of reestablish my image, um, make sure I can, you know, get a good feel for what's going on with the table. But being that I had the chip lead, with that group, um, you know, I put a little bit more pressure on and opened my ranges a little wider than I probably typically would have. And, you know, a couple times got, got caught with my uh, hand in the cookie jar. So I made it through. Um, I played today. I just busted about an hour ago and uh, not real happy about it. And, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's on me. I, I just didn't play the hand well. It's not bad luck or this, that, or the other. It's just I had a spot where I raised in the, in the small blind and, um, again, a new table 
guy had a bunch of chips. I heard him talking, knew he was aggressive, and we just got into a leveling war, and he ended up having uh, ace-king, and I had a ace with a, you know, not a good kicker, and that was that. So, you know, uh, I'm a little disappointed that I didn't uh, I didn't play better in that hand and pocket control it. I could have just released. I think his three bet was for like 20000 and we ended up bloating it to a huge pot. So a little disappointed that I didn't make it through um, to dinner and have a you know, a different type of interview, but I still appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> well, we're still in your corner. I, you could actually help. Um, we have a lot of guys that listen that are amateur players who want to do better. How do you deal with a tough loss like that that you know is your fault? How do you, how do you deal with that? One of the, the hardest things is, is really just trying to be honest with yourself and, and really keeping good notes on your, your glow at hand. Because too often I hear it, and I used, you know, I fall into that same thing where you just saw I, I ran bad or I, you know, whatever, got super unlucky. And, you know, quite honestly, like nine times out of ten, that's not really the case. It ends up probably that your bet sizing was off or you, you misread the situation or didn't account stack sizes correctly. And a lot of times hands just aren't played right and people blame it on bad luck when, in fact, it really is just like the wrong timing weren't paying attention to certain things and stack sizes and whatnot. So, you know, for the most part, I just try to try to even kill. I mean, it's, I mean, the thing with tournaments, you know, it's quite honestly is, is they're frustrating because unless you get first, it always seems like a letdown. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big difference from, you know, I'm a cash game player. I would say I play 80% of the time cash, 20% tournaments. You know, I've started getting more and more into, um, you know, bigger buy-in MTTs in the last four years. You know, I've had, you know, decent success. I haven't had any huge scores, you know, a few 70, 80, 85K scores, but I still don't have a six-figure one. But, you know, it's kind of like golf. You go out there and, you know, you hit a couple of good shots and it brings you back. And that's kind of how a tournament poker was for me. You know, I was never really into it, but had a couple decent scores, keeps, you know, keeps you coming back. You know, and had 280000 up top, which is what it was here. Um you know, I'm not ever going to make that in a cash game. It's not the cash games I'm playing. So, that's, well, do you play? Sorry, print, I see that you are from Minneapolis. Are, do you play principally at Canterbury, or do you find that the cap on the on the betting there doesn't fit your style? And do you play most of your live poker elsewhere? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, quite honestly, I, I really don't play at Canterbury at all. Um, Canterbury is a great card room, and they're predominantly you know it's, it's a limit based game. And for those that are not familiar, Minneapolis has a $100 max bet. And so there's actually two card rooms. There's Running Aces and Canterbury. And so even though I'm closer to Canterbury, I choose to drive to Running Aces just because I like their games. I like the way it's run. It's a little more loose and friendly atmosphere. And they run spread games, um, specifically 5 to 100, that I've done fairly well in. But for the most part, you know, I try to um, travel as much as I can, you know, I have three boys and uh, I just got married last month. So it's, you know, it's a lot of planning out, trying to time things right. I kind of have a formula where I look for good value tournaments with big, bigger buy-ins, but not like the biggest ones. I try to, you know, fade the big 5K, 10K stuff and try to find, you know, like this tour, you know, for a really good example is uh, next month, everyone's talking about the 5 million at um, the Seminole Hard Rock. And, it actually happens to be on the same weekend, which is my favorite tournament, which is the Talking Sticks uh, Arizona Bay Championship. And so my philosophy on this one is, you know, I can go down to the Arizona State Championship, 
it's $1,100 buy-in, three-day ones, unlimited buy-ins, um, great structure, pretty soft field. And maybe I'd be surprised if I saw, you know, 10 known pros. You know, and first they'll be 270 to 300000 versus going to, you know, Florida. And, yeah, it's $5 million guarantee. But, I mean, you got anybody and everybody that's anybody that's going to be there. So I just try to pick my, my spots well. And usually with big fields comes good cash game. You follow the advice of considering your opponents wisely and trying to find the softest game as opposed to the richest purse and beating the best players. You want to go find the places with the fewest really strong players. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I think sometimes you just have to let go of your ego and it's just got to be, you know, realistic. And it's not, it's not that I don't think that I, I did win the hard rock tournament. I think I have the skills to do it, but just like the math and you just really look at what would have to happen, you know, happen for me to do it. I think just there's a much more highly likelihood that I, I could win the Arizona State Championship, fire potentially, you know, six bullets. And, you know, it's equivalent of firing one bullet at hard rock and, you know, it's just it's just mixing it up. You know, on the downside of that though is I I, I think right now if someone and they do ask me like where do you consider the best cash games across the country, I would say it's like hands down Florida for sure. So that's what's hard for me is to give that up because those games at Seminole will be amazing, like amazing. But um, Arizona isn't a bad second. They do have a five hundred dollar uh, max bet, so it is similar to Minneapolis, but five hundred dollars. It plays more like no limit than people think, and they have some, you know, good enough games that I can do fairly well there. I mean, the three-five game, um, it pretty much plays like no limit, and the bigger game, the five-ten, obviously gets a little quirky with the five hundred dollars max bet. But with that said, I mean, it's, there's still enough edge there, you know, being that I play a spread that I understand it, that it still works out. I just, it's one of those tournaments I just like. I think it's the, it's the best value eleven hundred dollars tournament of the year. To be honest, it's one of those I think you just can't miss. It's yep. unfortunate that it's on the same weekend as the, the Seminole one. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about how it is you got started and progressed to being the professional player and coach that you are now. Yeah, you know, I've, um, for those that aren't familiar, don't, you know, follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I've always been an athlete. I actually played baseball at Kansas University. And I think just anybody that's played sports, especially at the college level, realizes that, you know, there's, you know, it's not a high stakes, but there's, you know, gambling. We played, you know, guts or in between and <laughs> lost my meal money many times on bus rides to uh, different places. You know, I, I never really considered myself even a good player. Just I did it. And uh, I think I was just like everybody else. I think after Moneymaker um, won the World Series, it's kind of like, wow, you know, this is crazy. This guy just won this, you know, got online you know, did okay. Used to play in a home game where we would mix it. Like, I think it was like a five or six mixed game with just buddies, you know, nothing crazy. And we would mix in like Texas Hold'em. And I just, I actually was so bad at it. I used to just sit out. Cause I'm like, I just, I don't understand what's going on. I never could win. And my buddy who was in the game was at the same level. I was, we just both sucked and he started winning. And so I finally like, pulled him aside after like the third or fourth time you're we playing. And I said, Dude, what's going on? Like, how are you? What's going on? You're suddenly just crushing the game. He's like, oh, I read this book. And I'm like, what? There's a book? And I forget who wrote the book. I don't think it was Ed Miller. But, yeah, there was a book on Texas, Texas Hold'em. And he gave it to me, and I read it. And I was like, holy cow, wow. There's, I mean, this opened my eyes. I had no idea, to be honest. I was like, position? What is this? What is, <laughs> you know, all this strategy and being an athlete? 
I kind of just took to it and just it found it really interesting. So I read it, played, read, played, read, played, you know, got back to mine and, you know, eventually became a good player. Wow. And you don't remember the name of the book. Oh, man. I don't. I probably, I've read, I'm kind of a, I don't read a lot of books, but I've read a lot of, I've read a lot of poker books. Um, was I, it I a no limit book or was it, it a limit Hold'em book? I think it was like Texas Hold'em for Dummies or something. Oh, Lou Krieger <laughs> or something. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was really basic. But I mean, the gist of it was is that I just, there was all this strategy and, and math and position, just things I'd never even thought of that just opened my eyes. Like, you know, I think I was just one of those guys, like, there's a lot of people still think that, that poker's gambling. And I, you know, it's not. There's definitely, there's some luck involved. And obviously there's a little bit of gamble, but I think, you know, it's, there's a lot of skill. I mean, I think at the levels we're talking about where I'm at right now, it's, it's skill. If you're the best player in this 5-10 cash game that I'm playing at, I may not win tonight. I may not win tomorrow. But if I play those same guys, you know, over a year period of time and I'm the best player, I'm going to, I'm going to win. So I think that's what I like about it. It's, it's, it's a game that uh, involves a lot. And, um, you know, mind, matter, psychology, math, you know, the whole nine yards. That's great. Uh, let me ask you this, Todd. We have about 45 seconds left. If people yeah. wanted to get in touch with you, you mentioned tweet. How do they find you and your posts and get your coaching? Yeah, they can either go to, um, if you're not following on Twitter, um, you know, I'm under Shark Slayer uh, with, I think it's three R's. I think I have to look. And then you can go to, um, checkshoppoker.com. I'm one of the um, pros on the site. Well, Todd, we've enjoyed talking to you. I wish you well with the cash game tonight. I imagine you'll be back at the tables at the Borgata before you go home, right? Yeah, I'm already there, actually. <laughs> I just took a little break to come talk to you. So, Great. And uh, kind of known for doing live tweets with uh, Chip Forum. So Good. if you that kind of thing, you'll enjoy my tweets. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you. Todd Sharkslayer Bryfogel. Take care. Thanks right, for great. joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. Listeners, we're going to be back after a quick break with another guest. Attention, poker players. Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone and tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works really well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now... 
you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a Pro Caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER, 24025-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Play against the pros or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those Welcome Week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up to make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. He was king at five card studs. The stranger's game was five card studs. He was hard to beat. Rather play than he. Long as it was five card stuff. When he played, he played. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to my favorite segment of House of Cars, which is the mailbag segment. I'm joined in studio by my producer, Dave Weishattle, who has some questions for me. If you have a question for us, you can email us at info at houseofcardsradio.com, tweet us at HOC Radio. Post a question on our Facebook page or leave a message or text us on the House of Cards hotline, 609-474-4627. What's that number again, Dave? That's 609-474-HOCR, which is 4627. And remember, if we use your uh, question on the air, you get a party poker baseball hat. Well, we got a very interesting question from David from Fargo, North Dakota. An interesting one. Both the actor Omar Sharif and poker pro Phil Locke used to play backgammon for money. Are there casinos that have rooms to play this game for money? And if so, where in this country or abroad? The answer is no. No. Not one poker room in the United States has a facility to play backgammon that I know of. None of the uh, dozens or hundreds, hundreds now, it's over 300 that I visited have ever had a backgammon table. Some private clubs will occasionally have a uh, backgammon set and will sometimes have chess sets and even checkers and uh, and people will be playing those games. But no public poker rooms have backgammon. Now, you've been to a lot of rooms. Are there? What, what was the strangest game they ever spread in a room that you've seen? Uh, Mexican poker. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, wait, is, that, is that the one where they 
they deal backwards. No, 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 no. <laughs> in Spain, they deal hold them uh, counterclockwise. Okay. Um, if it in a couple of places in Spain, the tournaments are dealt clockwise as they are in the rest of the world. But is, when they is have that a cash the, game, is that the same theory as, as flushing a toilet? Below the equator, it goes counterclockwise. I think you asked me that question <laughs> did, once did before. I? Okay. No, it's but it's, apparently I didn't get a straight the answer. Difference, first of all, I think that's a myth. I don't really? think that the toilets swirl in the other direction, south of the equator. I don't see any reason why they would. But um, as far as poker is concerned, I had a Mexican stud game at the bike in um, in uh, Los Angeles, and they. Uh, five-card stud Mexican poker is two cards down and the player flips one of the two up and then it's played just like five stud. Um, and there was only Mexicans playing. The language was Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, it spread someplace else, but I don't know where else. So that was the strangest. And it's not that strange a game. It's just an unusual game. They spread uh, pineapple and in fact, they had a pineapple tournament up at Cities of Gold, which I think no longer has a room up in uh, Santa Fe. Okay, you you have to explain pineapple. Pineapple, you get uh, three cards, as in it's like hold'em, except okay. you're dealt three cards, and then you discard one before the flop. Ooh, interesting. Uh, crazy pineapple is three cards, and you discard one after the flop. And watermelon is you're dealt four cards, and you discard one. After uh, before the flop, and then one after the flop. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, strange poker rooms, now you have a quest to play poker in fifty states, and you're Correct. getting close to the end here. What's uh, getting close to the end? And I'm status? trying, you know, Dave. I'm trying to figure out how to make the playing of the fiftieth state um, memorable and historic, and well, I just want a lot of publicity so okay. I can get lots of free stuff. <laughs> So uh, what's the 50th state? Well, I have two states I haven't played in. Okay. I haven't played in Idaho, and I haven't played in Oregon. Now, Idaho does not have legal poker. There are no public poker rooms. Oregon does. They have quite a few. They have uh, Wild Horse. They have Spirit Mountain. They have a bunch of rooms around Portland where you can play tournaments. And uh, so I, what I've decided so, to do so is— So Idaho is the challenging one to find. Yeah, I, okay. but you know, I can, I can find a game somehow. So now, now, if you played in charity, well, does that count, or does it have to be? Yeah, as long as it's a real game real for game. money of some kind, so I okay. can win something. Um, so, I mean, I, I could only find a charity game in Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I played in a game. You could, I could have won some money, and I played in a game like that in Georgia as well. So, rather than playing in the tiny media market of Idaho as my fiftieth state, I'm going to fly out to. Portland, drive to Idaho, find a game in Boise or Pocatello or someplace, and then drive back to Portland and try to find a room and get some media attention in Portland. And I think I'm going to do this in the fall, maybe the late fall. So if any of our listeners out in uh, that part of the world have some ideas about how to get publicity out there and get some attention... Info at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Info at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Or tweet us at HOC Radio. Give us some ideas, and and you'll do it. I will. I will. That'll do it for House of Cards. Come back next week. Until then, good luck and good day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.